And welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing with me, Johnny McFarlane. Today I've got a full team in. I'm joined by Josh Abari. Good morning, Josh. Morning, Johnny. How are you doing? Very, very well. All the better for seeing your little face. Thank you for joining me. And of course, Graham Hanna, who joins us on a Friday. Graham, welcome. You look like you're um, sitting next to Hadrian's Wall. Um, <laughs> where are you? Not very glamorous. I'm in the kitchen today. <laughs> bit of a change of scenery. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a different visage behind you from normal. So uh, I thought I would uh, just clear that up. Right, we've got plenty to talk about, as always. Um, there's never a dull moment when it comes to Rangers, and today is no different. Of course, we're going to look ahead to all the action at the weekend, which threatens to be decisive. And of course, then we've got the World Cup coming after that uh, with a long break. But first, we're going to just touch on a piece Josh has written for the Rangers Review today. Very, very interesting indeed, especially for guys like me who have been quite critical of Malik Tillman and his work rate in general. Josh, I tasked you to go and have a deep dive into this, have a damn good look and see if I was talking rubbish or not. And what's the answer? Yeah, well, the, the article that you mentioned, Johnny, is in the description and the comment, so people can obviously go and read that um, if they want. But, you know, I, I find myself often on a, a crusade to de defend these young players coming in. You remember that I uh, was also on the Ahmad Diallo train, uh, which was slightly less successful than the, than the Malik Tillman one looks to be. But his work rate has been a big discussion, um, despite the fact that, you know, he won the game on, on Wednesday with a goal. I think it's quite telling that there was almost more discussion about his work rate the day after. Um, and I don't think it's a black or white issue. I kind of counter that in the piece by saying that I think at times watching Tillman, you can tell it's his first season in professional football. The manager said as much, but the manager's also said that he's been kind of taking more defensive responsibility. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't remember this being as much of a, a thing when he started at Rangers. I don't know if it's just a little bit of a, a product of playing in a team that is not functioning as well, that looks a little bit weaker off the ball, has lacked intensity, and therefore he's a bit more of a lightning rod. So just for example, the possession-adjusted pressures, which is obviously the number of, of pressures a player makes to, to try and pressure an opponent, but adjusted to possession because teams can have 30% or 70% possession on average. Tillman tops that. Um, he's, he's second in the number of regains that he makes from pressures. So how many times is he winning the ball when he goes in to pressurise an opponent? Counter pressures when he's trying to win the ball back within five seconds of Rangers losing it. He's second in that table, and you know, there's a, a few more numbers in there as well. So it just has a little bit of a look at what the data actually says about his work rate. Obviously, the eye test is always important when you're looking at numbers, and again, that's included in the piece, Johnny. But what I think it does show that he's not a passenger off the ball. I think at times his his application is still um he's still learning how to do that. Um he's still learning how to take probably responsibility in a team. He's also still only played, what, 25 professional games. So just, just trying to, I guess, give a bit of a counter-argument to a lot of the, the noise that's been there about um, Tillman and his, and his work rate, and hopefully people uh, yeah, enjoy reading it. Josh, I'm going to uh, suggest that you come up and grab a, a, a cable to link yourself into the internet because your video is absolutely terrible. So I'll, I'll, if you remove yourself, yep, that's it. He's done the job. Graham, I'm going to put that to you. Lots of fascinating data in there. Listen, I was talking about this yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, but the culture of Rangers as a football club and the traditions of the club mean that you're always, I think, as a Rangers fan, a Rangers observer, 
looking for certain aspects from a player first and foremost. Um, hard work, graft, putting the team first. That, those are all big elements of what, what make a Ranger. Uh, if you look at the greatest ever Ranger, John Gregg, he was absolutely someone who embodied all those values. Does it make it more difficult for someone like Malik Tillman, who's more of a creative player, who's maybe more of a laconic style of player, to to set down a, a marker at a club like Rangers in terms of the fit? To an extent, more so in terms of the culture of, of our club, of Rangers, uh, and how that translates on the pitch. Uh, but the, there should be qualities and demands that transcend from a club like Bayern Munich. You know, with uh, a winning tradition, uh, a will to win, uh, an expectation to, to produce on the pitch. Uh, so he will benefit, you know, from having come through Bayern's youth system. Uh, and in that aspect, you know, it shouldn't be different. Uh, however, you know, there is a difference uh, playing for Bayern Munich uh, as opposed to playing in the Scottish Premiership. I think, you know, we've got to put in context, uh, as Josh was saying, in terms of the stages he's in his career, that this is his first full season uh, as a, a proper first team player. He's come in with a bit of expectation, you know, th this tag that's being bandied about, you know, something like, you know, Bayern's best young talent and, you know, everything that comes with that. The fact that Rangers, you know, have landed a player. <coughs> From Bayern, you know, he was on the fringes of their squad, uh, but we'll look at how the the team and the squad are doing overall. You know, that will impact him. I'm also mindful of the John Lundstrom situation last season. You know, thinking back to the the Pataudry game after the restart in January, he didn't start, and you know, it was almost like that's it, he's done. Uh, but February, March, you know, all of a sudden, uh, Lundstrom, you know found his feet so it, it could be that we we really see the best of him uh with the, the new year and after the restart post world cup uh in terms of wednesday's game uh, my interpretation of the manager's comments were that uh, both he and sans knew before the game that they weren't part of the world cup squad uh, that may have had a, a wee bit of an impact so i think we need to look at the bigger picture uh, i think at the moment he is doing fine uh more impacts like his goal on wednesday will, will do just nicely uh but certain games like you know everyone wasn't the best in the champions league obviously uh but you know games like anfield where it almost did pass him by to an extent and as you say johnny that almost languid style uh similar was leveled at joe Rebo and others previously uh, but yes, I think he does need to do a wee bit more, but the, the eye and the numbers won't lie, and, and Joshua seems to have that nailed down. Yeah. The, the player he reminds me of a little bit is Charlie Adam. I've got to be honest, um, in terms of just having all the ability in the world, but maybe a style that doesn't kind of marry necessarily with what people are looking for uh, in terms of the basics. But listen, you can't argue with the numbers, can you? So hopefully we'll see Malik Tillman continue to improve and impress as the season goes on. Josh, I just want to bring your attention 
to some comments by Barry Ferguson in his Daily Record column today, some quite interesting points he's made there um, regarding the manager, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. I'm just going to read them to you and get your reaction. He says, um, so it seems Giovanni, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has been given a stay of execution. We're five days on from Rangers' defeat in Perth, and the boss is still in post despite the widespread clamour that followed Sunday's St. Johnson Sickner demanding the Dutchman get his jotters. It doesn't sound like uh, Barry Ferguson, I've got to be honest, but there we go. Um, I listened to Gio's press conference the other day and he said he hadn't spoken to the board in the wake of that McDermott nightmare. And he tells me he's going nowhere. Frankly, if the men at the top of the marble staircase were going to bin the Ibrox boss, they'd have done so by now. They'd have given themselves as long as possible to get a new coach in with the plan to give him a few weeks to get to know his players during the World Cup break. So, if, as it seems, they're going to stand by my old teammate, it's about time they gave him some proper backing in January and the best possible chance at turning this campaign around before it really collapses. Um, there's no getting away from the fact that recruitment just hasn't been good enough. Antonio Cholak apart, we've yet to see any of the other transfer windows making an impact. And they can't afford a repeat of when uh, of that when the transfer window opens in seven weeks' time. I'm not saying they need to burst the bank, but they have to make sure new faces are coming in to start to improve the starting eleven. Uh, Josh, what, what's your reaction to that? Um, is that is that a fair assessment of the summer signings? Um, I suppose he's right in, in a sense that Antonio Cholak is only the only one that's really stayed fit. Um, yeah. all, all the other major signings, apart from Ravi Matondo. Um, so it's kind of hard for players who picked up injuries to make an impact beyond um, up to the point, certainly, that they, they stopped playing. But in terms of Giovanni Van Bronco's being given some money to go out and, and improve things, how do you feel about that, given the kind of precarious nature of his position at the moment? You know, he, I don't think anyone would say that he is in a very stable situation at the moment. You go away and you... You lose another couple of games, it's going to be very, very difficult for, for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. So Rangers are kind of stuck in a difficult position prior to the transfer window because if they give Giovanni the money to go and spend, bring a couple of players in, then they have to be players that be appropriate for whatever manager would come in after them. It's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, well, hopefully my Wi-Fi is better. Just if it isn't cut across me and I'll uh, leave it in your two state uh, able hands. It's better. Better, yeah. Um, obviously, we know that it, 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 all the stuff that we've heard about recruitment, Johnny, what Stuart Robertson said uh, to you um, and what Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has said in subsequent uh, press conferences, I think the quote was from him, there's not a Giovanni list, there's a Rangers list. Um, and this is how most clubs now work with recruitment. Um, and Regarding the seven players that have come in so far, that you'd have hoped for a, probably more of a collective impact. Obviously, there is circumstance to that. Ridvan looked bright when he came in. He took time to settle and then gets injured. Uh, Tom Lawrence was the same, um, had a really good start and then got injured. Tillman, we've obviously just discussed. Um, Matondo, probably the exception, someone who really has showed a few, but only a few flashes so far and has largely been a disappointment um, since he came for that money, um, which, uh, which I think is, you know, been so disappointing because Rangers have desperately needed um, a winger on that side uh, for, for a while now. The, the, the reality is that with Van Bronckhorst, um, of course, it is now he, he is not in a, a, a stable position um, 
by the fact that if Rangers were to lose at St Mirren, it would be absolute crisis. And I think that's the difficult situation that he finds himself in as, as a manager, having went through so many heavy European defeats. And obviously we've discussed his comments within that, whether he can argue that it's to do with the levels or not, that's still going to harm, I think, your, your reputation as a Rangers manager if you record the worst ever um, Champions League group stage. Another old firm defeat only a few months ago, which I think set the tone for then that Ajax game and, and it feels like there's been a bit of a malaise ever since. And then when you, you drop, you know, five points against St. Johnson and, and Livingston in a run that's supposed to be about keeping touch until the old firm, um, then of course you're going to be um, under a lot of pressure. So t- tomorrow's game for me, Johnny, is, you know, so, so big for Van Bronckhorst because if he loses it and he was to go more points behind, I just think, how can he... Um, the, the, the trust that he needs for supporters, the trust that you need as, as a manager, I think it's so hard to bring that back then from this first chunk of the season. If he was to go and win away against St Mirren, which is a game I think Rangers, based on the St Johnston game and the Livingston game, will struggle with because they have to break down a team. They have to create space uh, in a box that doesn't have that much space. So, <coughs> so, so much is placed on this game tomorrow, which I think could um, dictate a lot about Van Bronckhorst's long-term future. Again, not only because of the short term, because I think it's right, it looks like the board is, is very much behind him. It looks like there wasn't any crisis talks or, or anything like that. There's no noise to suggest um, the alternative. But if Van Bronckhorst was to lose another game and fall more points behind, I, ju- I just think that trust, which is already right in such a delicate position, um, would be so, so difficult for him to kind of bring it back from there. Graham, what's your take on that? You've been very critical of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. I think it's it's safe to say that you're a, a sceptic about whether or not he can turn the situation around as it stands. If you were a, a Rangers board member, would you be encouraging the club to go and um, put money in his pocket to go out and spend for players? Now, I know Josh is right. The club have a system in place with uh, Ross Wilson. However... Giovanni Van Bronckhorst does have the final say on any players that are coming into the club. He says yes or no. And you could always have a situation where Ross Wilson thinks uh, a player is a good buy. The recruitment department think the club is a good buy, but any new manager might have a completely different opinion. We know how in football you can be polarised on the same player, uh, two different people. So so what, what's your take on that? I think that the board can't afford to take neither option you know so as it stands they're back in jail the almost the silence uh, on the outside is speaking volumes you know they're, they're giving him time you know there, there's this theory that he's been unlucky with injuries uh, he deserves time uh, he delivered Champions League football uh, and the finance that comes with it uh, but given the output on the pitch just now and I was just thinking, you know, as we were past that R mark on Wednesday night, I could just imagine, you know, some uh, feet getting twitchy uh, up in the director's box thinking, you know, if there's more uh, points dropped here, uh, you know, the, the crowd would certainly uh, have made their feelings known. <sighs> it's an interesting situation because... You know, we're coming back uh, after the World Cup on, what, the 15th of December. Massive game uh, on, on the Thursday night against Hibs. Uh, but there's, you know, there's a few before the Celtic game. So you're almost thinking, you know, after the break and into the transfer window. But th- there's a lot of football to be played uh, before, you know, the new year arrives with us. 
will they give, give him some money to spend? Uh, they almost have to, I think, if it gets to that stage. But I can't help feeling, you know, what if it unravels by the end of January or further unravels, sorry. Uh, you know, the results don't lie. The performances on the pitch, you know, we can see... We can see the pattern in terms of the the points dropped on the pitch, you know, in this calendar year. You know, think back to Aberdeen, Ross County, Tanadice, uh earlier in the year and, and last season. What we've seen up to now, you know, would you know, you know, let's be realistic. Any players that arrive in January. Are they going to be game changers that you know that we really need to take Rangers to the next level? No. In January last year, you know we got Ramsey and Diallo. You know it, it wasn't a success. It didn't work. Is it going to be much different in in January? Uh, and you know based on on the accounts that, that have just been posted and the likely sums available. I don't want to be too pessimistic and overly critical, you know, but I have, you know, made my feelings clear and I think that the change is required. It will come eventually. I just get the feeling that the can's being kicked down the road and that the board are almost playing for time. So I think it's a very difficult situation, uh, but they can't back the manager and then expect nothing to change if nothing does change. So it's just it's another question that, that remains to be answered. But a lot of football will, will be played and will come uh, before we get to the window. Yeah, I suppose from the board's point of view, Graham, uh, he's the 17th manager in the club's history. There's not a culture of changing managers um, at Rangers, with the exception of the, the, the Kashina and the Liguen era, which were kind of very much one-offs if you look back through the decades um, at Rangers, so um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Because I agree with you, I, I, I personally can't see it being turned around. I think it's gone too far. Um, but they're not out of it. Seven points is not insurmountable. If it goes to ten, I think it's it, th th at that point that that kind of um, optimistic outlook starts to look very, very difficult to justify indeed. Josh, in terms of um, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and his future, do you agree with me what I've said, that it's in many ways been a failure of philosophy, that, that the approach to these games in the Scottish Premiership, where let's face it, that's what counts. The Champions League's put pressure on, but the, the real gravy, the meat and gravy of this is the, the defeats, the crushing defeats at Celtic Park. That's where the pressure has started. And the Champions League added, but people understand that it's a really, really high level. They understand it was an exceptionally hard group. It's these domestic results. It's the, the drawing at Livingston uh, at Ibrox. It's the, the loss to St. Johnston. And it's the crushing defeat at Celtic Park. Do you think that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst can change his style or will change his style? Or is that part of the problem? Um, yeah, no, I do agree with you. I, I, I don't think overall his style, his philosophy is as you know conducive to just breaking teams down and creating space as the box as it needs to be in this modern day and age. You know, repeatedly, I guess, that question's been asked of him. 
Um, and this season, um, Antonio Cholak's obviously scored a kind of above his expected rate, which which has helped. Um, but I remember way back the the Hibs game, the the two two draw when John Lundstrom got that red card, and I remember us writing then about you know the, the chance creation and how um, although Rangers weren't conceding much, they really were not creating much. They weren't spending that much time in the opposition half away from home, and we wrote about that um, I think last week as well. And, and that's Van Bronckhorst's problem, to, to repeat a point that has probably been repeated this week already, Johnny, but given the circumstance, I think it's, it's um, you know, the, obviously the only real topic on the Rangers' agenda at the moment. Managers, I think, if they can, they can, they can go through difficult times and all managers will go through difficult spells. But I think what they need in, that, in those moments is to be able to fall back on something and rely on something. So, you know, think of the difference. That game at St. Johnson at the weekend if Rangers have a really uh, fast-paced style that, that supporters enjoy watching, people enjoy watching, then I think Van Bronckhorst can point to that. Or if they can they can see, and obviously injuries is a caveat, but if they can see that a year on the domestic style is better equipped to winning the league, um, then I think you can, you can weather you, these difficult periods because you can still believe in the end success is possible. But I think the difficulty is, and, and I think your article um, kind of, you know, summarise this perfectly. When people struggle to see that this style of play will definitely win, when they have when they struggle to have confidence that it will um, win the league come the end of the season, I think that's why the reaction um, is so frustrated because um, you know they, they don't see the pro, the building box in the process that's going to eventually return success. So that's been Van Bronckhorst's challenge, I think, since pre-season. Now you can say, if not for that red card against Hibs. Rangers would uh, have been level with with Celtic a couple of weeks ago, um, but then obviously the Livingston game and this and the St Johnston game. That I think certainly a product of confidence when you compare it to, to previous games this season. But it's also happened; those points have been dropped, and and tomorrow will I think tell us so much about um, the, the the future. Because if Rangers struggle there again and and drop points, um, you know. How can you say that they're not going to do that for the remainder of the season? And, and that's a difficulty when you're looking ahead. You need to obviously see the trends that suggest that it is going to be a success. So I'm sure Van Bronckhorst would point to injuries as well. I think his system is relatively reliant on individuals in the final third as opposed to you know maybe more patterns that other coaches um, will rely on. Um, and Rangers could have a number of first-team players back come January. But the difficulty is if they're seven points, as they are just now, or more behind come that old third, firm game, that's obviously could, as you say, be insurmountable uh, very quickly by that point in the season. Yeah, Graham, it's not exactly an easy game either uh, coming up tomorrow. You've got a St Mirren team that are physically robust, that are capable of unsettling even the better teams in the league. They've had a, a couple of dodgy results. We've just seen them drop back a little bit. They were in the top six for a while. Um, but they're still there or thereabouts in the mix, um, battling against um, much bigger resource teams. They're only two points behind Aberdeen in third. So it shows you how tight that sort of group of clubs is um, battling for, for the top six. That there's really very little between them. And St Mirren have these two strikers that they play up top, very, very hard working. Curtis Main is a, a difficult customer to deal with. And I think uh, we'll fancy his chances of giving Leon King a bit of a hard time, given that he's a young lad. How do you see this game going? Do you see St Mirren adopting a similar strategy to the one they approached against Celtic, which was to sit in and, and uh, hit very, very quickly on the break and, and use those two strikers in a sort of uh, 
very aggressive manner to, to, to try and chase down the ball. Yes, that, that's their camplet, I would imagine, uh, for tomorrow's game. Uh, Stephen Robinson relishes these games, you know, when the, the pressure is off. Uh, I remember reading his comments uh, after that win over Celtic in that they, they worked on the plan all week. Uh, they, they drilled their players in terms of what their roles and responsibilities were. And he almost made sure his players believed that they, they could get a result, uh, that they knew what, what they were going to do. You know, so he'll be taking influence from the the recent games, you know, the, the result at St Johnston last week, uh, Livingston at Ibrox a few weeks before. He's taken points before, uh, you know, in, in games where they, they shouldn't on paper, so to speak. But it, it's it, not one to that I'm filled full of confidence for, you know, yeah. given what, what we have seen recently. It will likely be a, a stuffy game. Uh, if, if we don't start fast and start well and get the, the first goal, you know, the longer the game goes on without a Rangers opener, you know, uh, you know, it, it could look ominous. And especially if uh, St. Mirren get themselves in front tomorrow, uh, it could be a long uh, I was going to say it could be a long afternoon. It could be a long month. Uh, looking forward, you know, could you imagine dropping points tomorrow and then this vacuum uh, that, that comes with the World Cup break and the AGM and, oh, you know, it, it, it won't be pleasant. And But, you know, we need we need to give the team and the players a chance. Anyone will do, of course. Uh, and to be honest, you know, there was the game at St Marin at the tail end of last season. Uh, Roof got his hat-trick, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, you know, even if there's something like that, you know, if, if it's mm. good and if it's, you know, if it's positive, you know, you, you take it for what it is. So all that matters tomorrow is getting the three points. Um, you know, the squad is is pushed at, at the moment. We need Ryan Kent again to, to start the game as he finished in midweek. Uh, Tillman got the goal, obviously. Uh, so his his tail should be up, looking to respond after his World Cup disappointment. Uh, we we just need to win, uh, but Stephen Robinson and his Marin team will have other ideas. Yeah, they will indeed. Joshua, you're going to be there for the Rangers review, um, taking in all the action, and you will be obviously delivering all the content that we have on the website um, throughout every match. There'll be man-by-man -man ratings, there'll be an analysis piece, there will be video, the whole lot. So um, we'll look forward to that. Hopefully it'll be a positive result for Rangers. Hopefully it'll be a, a good entertaining game, although I can't remember seeing too many of those Rangers versus St Mirren uh, in Paisley over the years. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see how that pans out. Right, we're going to call it a day right there. Um, thank you to everyone who's watched. Uh, if you want to support us, there's two ways you can do it. First of all, absolutely free to you. If you hit subscribe on YouTube, that will allow you to get um, instant notifications whenever we go live. We don't just do a 9.30 show. We also hit the internet, hit the, um, the video situation whenever there's a big news story. So if you hit that subscribe button, you will get those notifications straight to your phone or straight to your laptop, and it will allow you to be aware that we are coming online. And it helps us as well uh, add more subscribers to the platform, the more of you click to do that. 
Um, we'd also ask you to go onto the website. You can see along the bottom the ticker there. Subscribe to the Rangers Review and get two months for just one pound. After that, it's two ninety nine, which is still an absolute bargain. You get multiple articles every day, tactical deep dives, big interviews, opinion pieces, analysis, everything you could hope for to cover uh, the club. As news as well, obviously, is on there too. So really is a one-stop shop for everything to do with the club. So if you go on there and sign up, that would be a massive support. So we're going to call it a day there. Thanks for everyone um, who's uh, taken part. We will be back on the YouTube channel tomorrow. Josh will be uh, on live ahead of the game uh, in Paisley and then post-match as well. So until then, thanks for watching. Josh, I'm cueing you there to hit that hit that button. Thank you, mate. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>